0: Gentlemen, I'm Rob Port. You're listening to WDAY AM 970. You can join the program 701 293 9000. 888 970 9329 is the toll free number. You can email me as well, talk at wday.com. Later in the program, we're going to be talking with Jack McDonald. He is an attorney for the North Dakota Newspaper Association. Uh, you know, there's been some question about journalists being mistreated by law enforcement at the Dakota Access protests. Uh, some of them being arrested. He's, a, like I said, an attorney for the North Dakota Newspaper Association. We'll talk with him about that um, because I think that there are there are issues with that in uh, 2016 when you have so many people claiming that they're journalists and and. It, it to me, it's I, it. It just illustrates that everybody needs to be treated equally under the law. Whether you're calling yourself a journalist, whether you're an activist, whether you're uh, a plumber, I don't know, just a member of the public, it, it shouldn't matter. We're all equal under the law. Being a journalist or calling yourself a journalist, I, to me, I don't think it gives you any special, you know, exemptions or treatment under the law. If you're if you're with a group of protesters, and you know you're trespassing or you're all vandalizing something or whatever. You don't get any special treatment because you're a member of the media. Um, that's that's what I think. Um, I think maybe some people feel differently. And I think it gets a little hard because sometimes, you know, the people who write stories about the way journalists are treated, their protests are journalists. And sometimes I think they do feel like maybe they should be above the law. And it, it also, by the way, becomes complicated because when you say journalist – you know what, I, I think what most people think of is, is sort of a dispassionate observer, right? Somebody who's standing on the sidelines just observing what's going on. And I don't even I don't think that's always the case. When you look at some of these people who are claiming to be, you know, journalists today, are are they there are they there just to observe and to document or are they participating? And if they're participating, I, I think again that gets back to why would we treat them any differently under the law? And I, I don't think we should. You know, I, I don't I, I think everybody should be treated equally under the law. That's that's my two sets. Seven oh one two nine three nine thousand, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. And uh, tomorrow, election day, of course. I forgot. Now, good afternoon, Natiel. How are you?
1: Not too bad. You uh, have you voted yet? I have not voted yet. I Do you like to go in to. on election day? it's not necessarily that I like to go in on election day. I just I didn't make the time to go and early vote, and so I now see. I will suffer with the lines because yeah. I am absolutely voting.
0: Yeah, well, the lines aren't usually too bad where I'm. At. I like going in on election day, um, and lines usually aren't too bad where I'm at. So, I, I don't know. To me, I, there's just something. It's 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 sort of like the movies, right? Like I could, I could pretty much watch all the movies at home if I wanted to, but I still like going to the theater because I like the experience. So I guess for me, I, I like. I like going down there on election day. I, I kind of like listening to what the other people are saying in line. I like going through. I, I don't know. I like doing it that way. I guess that's my two cents. The Associated Press, though, reporting that we may, uh, North Dakota may be on the cusp of va- uh, breaking an early voter turnout record. Uh, the last record was set, I believe, in 2012, which was the last presidential cycle. Uh, obviously, midterm elections 2014. I uh, don't see as high of turnout as as the presidential year. So the last one was a little over 130,000 people set in 2014. That was up about 10,000 in terms of early voting from 2008. And um, as of right now, I went and checked. And, and there's actually – I put a link in my post at sayanythingblog.com. There's actually a link where you can um, follow the live voting uh, right on the Secretary of State's website. And And so when I checked – uh, the Associated Press had it at about 122,000 people voting. When I checked, it was about 124,000. Uh, so we may get there. We may get to a point where we uh, we break the record for early voting, which surprised me a little bit because I, I don't think of the 2016 election cycle in North Dakota as being one where turnout's going to be very high uh, or unusually high. Just because we don't have a lot of competitive races on the statewide ballot. There's some ballot measures, I think, that people kind of care about but not... Not anything like we haven't seen before. I mean, to me, it it doesn't speak to, to one that there's going to be an unusually high turnout. I, I think this record-breaking, I think this is just a shift in people, in, in the method that people are voting. I, I think fewer people are showing up on Election Day, more people are voting early. I think that's what these numbers tell us.
1: I could maybe see that in, in the numbers in Minnesota, because Minnesota has now gone to no excuse, uh, what do they call it, absentee no excuse absentee voting, which, you right. know, in previous years you had to have a, you had to state a reason why you weren't voting on election day. But North Dakota's never had that particular, you know, stipulant in your early voting. You could just go in and early vote because you wanted to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm genuinely hoping that if we do set, you know, a record for early voting, that we see an increase in the number of people voting on election day as well. I want to see if a continued increase in the number of people that we have in our state and in our country as a whole. But, you know, I'll settle for focusing on North Dakota getting out there and and voting and making their opinions and their voices heard in elections.
0: Here's here's the thing. And I always get accused of of wanting to suppress the vote when I say this. I always think I I, I think there is a class of voter who knows who they are, who knows that they haven't been paying attention right uh, I I think that there is a certain voter who just knows that they they just they've been watching football they don't watch the news they don't really know about the ballot they, they don't really know anything I think those people ought to stay home and I, I I say that every election cycle and I get accused of voter suppression but I don't you uh, know and, and I'm not saying that you have to agree with me I I'm just saying if you know in your heart and I'm not saying there's some there's some threshold or some boxes you got to check off or whatever I'm just saying if you know in your heart that you haven't been paying attention, and you don't really know the candidates. If you can't name the candidates for the office before you go in and read them on the ballot, then then maybe you should stay home and not cancel out our well considered votes, whatever they may be—liberal, conservative, you know, libertarian, whatever. Um, that's what I think. Uh, so I I don't know I. I I think sometimes we get all worked up about just maximizing the number of people voting. I would rather the idiots who aren't paying attention stay home. That's my two cents.
1: Well, and I guess when I say that I I want to maximize the number of people that are voting, I I say that with the idea that the people that are voting are at least, you know, minimally aware of what they're voting on and who they're voting for. Right. Because uninformed voters are no different than people that don't vote. We want want informed voters. Right.
0: And I'm I'm not saying that you could sit down and write Donald Trump's biography or something like that. I'm just I mean, if you've heard a couple of speeches, you heard a few things, the candidates that you know who the candidates are, you get a general you you feel like you got a sense of what they stand for. Yeah, by all the means, go vote. You know, I'm I'm not here to tell you not to. Um, But I, I, I think you know who you are out there who have not been paying attention. There's a lot of you who don't pay attention. And, you know, I'm just saying, if you don't really know what you're voting for, don't vote. Don't don't vote, or at least don't vote in that race. I mean, you don't have to fill out every slot. You know, if you get down to the down-ballot races and you don't know who the judicial candidates are, maybe don't vote. Uh, and maybe next time, if you do want to vote in that race, take a little time to, to know who they are. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Got a caller on the line. Jim, go ahead. Hey, Jim. Hello, yeah, Jim. Go ahead.
2: I said you stole my thunder on that last comment you made. On the, uh, <laughs> you know, just if you don't know anything about the person, don't vote for that person or not for that person. Just right. leave it alone. You know, and, yeah. and you know, I think we, you know, as Americans, I mean, it's it's awesome that we have the constitutional right to vote. But I also think as Americans, not a, we also should have the forethought to actually, you know, put a little bit of attention to what it is you're voting for. Have a little bit of yeah. pride in the system, you know, and not when they're, you know, blind, just check off a box. That's yeah. just,
0: just ignorance. I'm with you, Jim. And, and thanks, for, thanks for the call. I, I, and it's an honor system thing. I'm not in favor of, of imposing some sort of a law or something where you got to take a test to prove your knowledge before you vote. I'm not talking about that. It's an honor system thing. All I'm saying is that if you don't know the candidates, if you don't really know the issue, you don't have to vote. Right? I, I think sometimes that's it's just go vote. It's your responsibility to vote. Well, it's it's your responsibility, I think, to cast an informed vote. That's an important caveat. 701 293 9000 888 970 9329.
2: We got a caller, Doug. Go ahead. Hey, Ralph. Yeah. What gets me as much as someone who's uninformed is someone who just goes in to vote straight down a party line. Regardless, that is just about as just about as stupid as going in not knowing what you're doing. I think. Uh, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, if, if you're voting for somebody just because of their label and not because of you oh, know your consideration of the policies. how many people go in there and
2: just look for the R or look for the D and just start checking her off? You know, there's yeah. thousands of people doing that. Yeah. You know. Which is
0: sad. Well, yeah, I don't know. That That doesn't bother me as much because at least if you know they're a Republican, then, then you know a little or, – or a Democrat or a Libertarian because I think people of all partisan strains or Green Party or whatever. Um, you know, party affiliation I think is important because it does connotate a certain, you know, platform of ideas – uh, that being said, I, I I generally agree with you in that yeah you, you shouldn't just be voting for the party. Try to understand who the candidates are and and be open minded. There might be a Democrat out there if you're a Republican voter or or a Republican if you're a Democratic voter uh, who who could who could you know it, you know move the ball down the field in policy areas that you care about. So you know it's all I'm saying is if you're going to show up to vote, know what you're voting for. Cast an informed vote. Don't just cast a vote cast an informed vote 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 you're listening to the rob report here on wday we'll be right back don't go away Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888 email talk at WDAY.com. I don't, I, am a politics guy. I, I'm not, I'm not somebody, you know, people out there, they, they, they moan and they gripe about politics and how ugly it all is. I, I enjoy the political debate generally. I, I enjoy the process. I think democracy is a healthy thing. I think it's a hard thing. I think it's like doing your exercise. Right, it's it's not an easy thing to do to engage with people you disagree with, and yet living in a republic like ours, living in a democracy like ours, that's what's charged with us. That's what we have to do. We have to engage if we want to self-govern. If we want to have a representative government, that means we've all got to come together and govern and make decisions and choose from among, uh, you know, c- competing ideas. That's and it's it's hard to do. Um, and so I I enjoy it. I don't I don't like it when people talk about politics you know and they sort of turn up their nose at it uh, it's a healthy thing and it's the thing that, that we ought to be doing all that being said however this election cycle um boy i i can't wait for it to get over uh, i can't uh do you see that time magazine cover uh the where uh it has uh, trump and clinton on it says the end is near
1: oh lord almighty no i didn't
0: yeah well it's it was great i, I thought it was just fantastic i it's, the end is is almost near, and uh, we're gonna have a new president. I think it's my, my bold prediction is it's gonna be Clinton, and I don't I don't know how close it's gonna be though. I think she's gonna. Trump's just got to pull out in too many places, and he's made too many people angry. Um, but you gotta wonder if if Trump had spent a little less time bashing other Republicans and and saying stupid things, he could win this election. Right, I mean, if he hadn't said some of the things, um, you know, it, I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying, and I don't know, I mean, so some of the things he said goes back a long way, so I don't, I don't know how you, how you unravel that. I, I think he was a flawed candidate from the get go, but it, it's, I think it's going to be remarkable, and I hope that when Hillary Clinton wins, because I think she's gonna, not that it makes me happy, but when she wins, and when Democrats win, I hope that there is some pause for them to, to consider where we're at as a country where somebody like donald trump almost beat your candidate because i think that's that's going to be the outcome i think um and i hope democrats reflect on that, that that donald trump gave your candidate a run for her money
1: well and not only that i hope that republicans reflect on the fact that donald trump was their candidate yeah i mean you know regardless of how i feel about donald trump what the nomination of donald trump says to the established republican party is that the republican voters are not satisfied with current party politics they're not satisfied with the establishment and the way that things are going which and i don't think that there was any way more loud or more clear that republican voters could have said that to their party
0: yeah Well, yeah, I I think Donald Trump, for a lot of Trump voters, is is a wrecking ball, right? I I don't know that. I know a lot of Trump supporters who just kind of shrug at the fact, you know, at his problems. And, you know, they're they're just, it's it's that line from Batman. They just want to watch everything burn, right? They're they're so angry. They're so upset. They feel so disenfranchised from both the, the Republican system and nationally that, You know they're just they're just voting for chaos. You know Trump was a chaos vote. I think for a lot of people, I don't think people were lining up to vote for his platform or his leadership. I think they were voting for chaos. That's that's what they wanted, and that's a dangerous thing in a country like ours. That that many people felt that way, and it's something Republican or Democrat or elsewise, we need to spend a long time thinking about why that is. Let's see, uh, Mike's on the line. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Yeah, I I tell you what. I'm very, very disappointed in this country. Um, I'm older, uh, and I really feel that that we've um, destroy are destroying ourselves from the inside out. And the Democrats think because Hillary is might win that it's the answer. But in listening to the other talk show hosts, uh, they're as pathetic as uh, as the Democrat Party is as, as far as allowing a corrupt. An utterly law-breaking liar is Hillary Clinton in there. And if that's oh. our choice, this country is in deep, deep trouble. And I'm, I'm just so disappointed. And, uh, you know, I think if Trump, you know, the, the Republicans, they won the House and the Senate, and they said they were going to do things. They didn't do nothing. That's why the people are upset. You know, the Democrats thought, oh, man— when they when they when they did the old uh, when we you know stopped the government and didn't fund it for a while, everybody thought it was going to be the end of the Republican Party. Do you know that they the next election they swept the House and the Senate? That's people want action. people want when they want when they say change, they better listen because they want change. And there's a lot of I think when the the, the voting is done, you're going to be shocked at how close it is going to be.
0: You, you could be right, Mike. I, I don't. I, I think Hillary Clinton's going to win. Uh, thanks for the call. I think Hillary Clinton's going to win. I think it's going to be. I think it could be close. Um, and I don't know. It's a weird election year, so I don't know. I don't know how how many how many predictions I want to make because it's a weird weird cycle. But I I do think Hillary's going to win. I think in some ways it could end up being a, a, a pyrrhic victory for Democrats um, for the left. Yeah, you, your candidate won. But she is. She is damaged. She is going to emerge from this election with a lot of fixing to do. How she's going to govern, boy, I don't know. I don't know. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. We're going to talk about the way journalists have been treated down at the No Dapple protest, Dakota Access Pipeline protest with Jack McDonald, attorney for the North Dakota Newspaper Association. We'll be back right after this. so go away. This is the Rob Report. Your uh, phone call, your phone number, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Hey, tomorrow on the uh, program, it's election day, we're going to have Doug Burgum on the show. We'll uh, we'll talk with him uh, about uh, election night and his uh, his outlook after uh, an unlikely campaign. I think if you rolled back the clock a year ago, nobody expected that Doug Burgum uh, I don't think that was a name that was really on anyone's radar in terms of somebody who could actually be the next governor. And, and tomorrow will be election day. I, I think most people would probably say it's pretty safe to conclude he's he's going to be our next governor. Uh, we'll talk with him about that coming up tomorrow. Uh, the Dakota Access protests, they uh, continue to uh, to roll on. We had more activity over the weekend, uh, including protests. There was another fire set. Um, North Dakota cops blocking... Uh, guarding at the behest of the US Army Corps of Engineers guarding uh, core land guarding private land from protesters who continue to try to fight their way onto it uh, peacefully prayerfully fight with cops anyway uh, so sort of a sort of a side story to that has become the treatment of of journalists the the treatment of of reporters uh, Amy Dalrymple uh, Forum news Service uh, reporter Amy Dalrymple had a story over the weekend about the um, the number of reporters or self-described journalists that, that have been arrested. Uh, we have had a, a claim now that a journalist was shot with a with a rubber bullet or, or I guess, what law enforcement calls a sponge round. Um, it's not clear whether or not that's happened, but she's certainly making the allegation. We also have, uh, you know, they, they've been. We had the, the Amy Goodman situation from Democracy Now, where she was arrested and, and ultimately her charges didn't go forward. Uh, but I, I guess the question is, it becomes pretty interesting, and that's why I wanted to have on our guest, Jack McDonald from the North Dakota Newspaper Association, is should journalists be treated any differently under the law? And I, I guess that's my question for, for Jack as a representative for North, one of North Dakota's uh, largest and, and best uh, media organizations. Jack, should, should journalists be tr- treated to a different standard under the law?
3: Uh, well, Rob, thanks for having me on. Yeah, basic, basically no, except I think that there has to be a little bit of a little bit of judgment used in this case. Um, first of all, journalists cover activities, whatever they are, and whether it's a fire in a burning building, or if it's a traffic accident um, downtown Bismarck, or whether it's a protest out uh, south of Mandan, and in covering that, they have to be there, and so. They, under the First Amendment, they have a right to publish the news, and they kind of feel they have a duty, I guess, to inform the public. And so there's kind of an, uh, an internal conflict. At the same time, the police are always, or the firemen, whoever they are, are always telling the journalists to get back, get back, stay behind lines, and journalists are always pushing forward to try to get a better picture, or a better quote, or something like that. This has been going on for, for ever since you've had journalists. It's a never-ending conflict. So, you know, the basic answer is they are subject to the same laws that you and I are. And, but at the same time, I think there should be a little bit of understanding on the part of the authorities that there's a little bit of a difference between trying to take a picture of a group doing something and actually leading the charge and, and, and inciting the riot and doing whatever else they're doing down there. And I think that's where the judgment needs to come in a little
0: bit. You know, one of the most well-publicized and and, and one thing because you said that this has been a debate that's been going on for a long time, but there's a new wrinkle in this, in that with online media and and certainly I I mean I'm I'm probably emblematic of that as as somebody who started out. Just as a member of the public who is writing about the news and politics in his, in his spare time. I mean, I, I've had, for, for the 13 years that I have been doing this, I have had people looking down their nose at me saying, you're not a journalist. You're not a reporter. I, to this mm-hmm. day, I don't call myself a journalist. I'm just a guy. I write what I write. You can agree with me or disagree with me. I work hard to back up what I write with fact. Am I a reporter? I, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave that to the academics. Well. But, there's, I, I think, I think there's, I think there's a, a, a question there where, you know, if if you're out there and you're helping lead a riot and you're helping people break down a fence and then you pull out your smartphone and you're recording people around you, are you then a journalist? And and I think that's a real challenge for for law enforcement. But Let me ask you this question because that that was well, something with well, let's let's go there. I mean. Well, well, okay,
3: but I, yeah. I understand what you're saying, Rob. And, and of course, the other thing I was going to mention is that this is, we're in a different era now, and, and you're right. I, you know, it's a, I mean, it's a, this is a little different era, and I don't think that what the old standard uh, definitions and, of journalists are, are, are still valid to some extent but i think at the same time we have to recognize i certainly i do as a media lawyer and other media lawyers do is that the the definition of the world of journalism has expanded to whatever you call it you know the you know you're yes you're a journalist because you're you're producing this blog these other people are journalists because they're either producing blogs or they're producing alternate forms of of media whether that's uh, video or or digital or whatever they're doing and all of these people that have been arrested have been working for for some type of organization not just you know, anybody walking out and pulling out their phone you know and i think I, I think there's a there's it's a difficult thing to say and i think that we the media excuse me the law enforcement has got to kind of realize that there's a new era now and that the people working for democracy now and the people working for you know some of those other groups that have been arrested i can't remember all the names even they're, they're they're a media in their own right, you know. But I, I can see a little difference in anybody just pulling out a phone and sending a, 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 an email to somebody or sending a picture to somebody. I, I don't, not so sure that they would fall under journalists. But but these other people are journalists, and in fact, if you you know, even though they're they're representing uh, definite opinions and ideas. That's basically how journalism started. If you look yeah. back to the beginning of our country, sure. there were there were hundreds of newspapers. North Dakota had more newspapers than you could even count. You know, this, we had many hundreds of newspapers. Anybody who had an opinion kind of started a newspaper. And so they all, you had the left and the right and the progressives and the Tories and the Whigs and you had all these other kinds of newspapers all the time. That was kind of how you did it. Eventually it all settled down into more of what we call the standard. I think now it's kind of, you know, going back. So yeah, you have the democracy today and at Voxy Now, I mean, and and some of these others. But I I think. I, 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 I think, think I, th- a, I think there's a difference to be made. And, I, I and I think they could do that. Again, you know, there's a difference between covering something and actually leading something.
0: There is at 701-293-9000, if you want to join the program, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. I can tell you I went to Washington DC a few years ago and I visited the 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 Newseum, The the yeah. museum of, of news. Mm-hmm. And Great one place. of the coolest one of the coolest things I got to see is I actually found a, a copy in their archives that they had on display of one of the old pamphleteers. It was Porcupine's yeah. Gazette back at the at the early days. These people were basically bloggers, right? They had oh, yeah, funny sure. names for their, their Yeah, their little, they were I blogging
3: mean, and what they had right. to blog with in those so, days. I, and
0: I I mean yeah. that's in, in a lot of ways that's that's what I do today. So I thought that was very cool. So I'm I'm yeah. with you on all that. But here's the problem is is Morton County was was roundly criticized uh, for the arrest and, and attempted charges of, of Amy Goodman. Now part of their argument though, and I actually I got a copy of their um affidavit in in Mm -hmm. support of their charges and one of their their witnesses they had an eyewitness that said when amy goodman was not filming she was riling up the crowd now and i i can't i wasn't there but that's what their eyewitness said and i don't know i'm not speaking to whether or not that eyewitness had it right or whatever that's what you do during a trial i guess but yeah that that's the evidence that they had and so what they were saying is she wasn't just there recording she was there leading the charge. She was riling them up. She was mm-hmm. telling them where to go. She wasn't just an observer. That is the challenge, because you said that, that maybe law enforcement needs to to, to to recognize some of this. Well, that's well, the challenge, is they, they have somebody so. on private land who, the, yeah, who they, they, have a, they have a witness saying she's riling them up. She's, she's, well, you know, she's, well, that's what we
3: would have had to determine in court then. But And the, the other thing, Rob, I just want to stick in is that I think – and I – I'm not faulting what the Morton County people are doing. They're doing the best they can. The cops are, are I think and the sheriffs and everybody have been very very wise in, in the restraint and stuff. But at the same time I think it was an unwise decision to start going after avowed journalists because now you've brought a whole new factor in this thing. Now, it's one thing to be discussing trespass and riot and damage to property and stuff. That's one that's you know, that's that's one sort of crime here and there. Now, all of a sudden, you bring in all these First Amendment issues, and you, you bring in a whole new set of facts and a whole new b- bunch of issues besides what they've been dealing with. And I'm not so sure that they had to do that. Well, Jack, let me – They that on themselves. Now, now yeah. they've got it. You know?
0: Well, let me let – me, let's take a break, and we'll come back to that. 701-293-9000, 888 We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. We got about three minutes left. 701 9000 888 970 9329 I wish we had about a half hour left with our guest, Jack McDonald, who is just a a wonderful resource of information on the First Amendment. I I think the problem though we're having, Jack, is is you know, we have citizen activists who are are also journalists. I mean they're they're reporting, they're taking pictures, they're providing viewpoints and opinions and stuff. But there's nothing wrong with any of that. I mean, I want Um, The maximum amount of all that stuff. I'm not in favor of it. I I think the problem for law enforcement, though, is it's hard when you've got a situation where a couple of hundred people charged across a fence onto somebody else's property and they won't leave. And now they're arresting these people and and trying to charge them with with being there. It's hard to tell the difference between somebody who's an activist and somebody who's a journalist. And
3: I I know that, uh, Rob. And I think... Uh, two things I want to make a point of. One is that usually what you can do sometimes is you can kind of sort these things out. It's just like when the law enforcement arrests somebody, <clears throat> arrests a car full of kids for, for drinking and driving, and they're all doing it. But then they kind of they arrest everybody, and then they kind of sort them out, and they figure out, well, who was really in charge, who was doing the drinking, who bought the booth. Not everybody in that car ends up getting charged. They just they say, okay, you, you go, but they, they make the initial arrest. I think they could be doing a little bit of that with journalists. And then the second thing is it goes back to that identification of the standard journalists. I don't see, and I think they've been probably trespassing a little bit on some of that property. But you don't see your colleague Mike Nowitzki or Amy Dalrymple or Lauren Dolleman, um, you know, getting arrested. They've been down there. I think they've been on the on some of the forbidden property too. Yeah. So I mean, so it's a little bit. In fact, I bet you if you went down there. You know, yeah, you're you're recognizable and stuff. Now I I doubt if you'd get arrested. So yeah. I'm just saying is that I I can see them not having the time to arrest when they got 150 people there. They can't sort out. But in the sorting out after they arrest 150, they could
0: maybe put them don't under, file the charges.
3: They, they could sort them out.
0: Maybe don't maybe don't push ahead. I guess with the charges would be the thing not to do. Yeah, well, that's Jack, what I mean. Yeah, it's 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 complicated as as these lines. Uh, between our rights and my rights and your rights, it's always complicated, isn't it?
3: Sure, it is. They could they could identify them. They could do a better job, though, too. The journalists are a little bit at fault. These these altern- they should be wearing a badge or a name or something that says journalist. You know, I know they sometimes they don't like to do that, but that's just a practical aspect of it.
0: Well, Jack, thanks for your time. I certainly appreciate it. Hey, Doug Bergum on the program tomorrow. It's Election Day. Tune in for that. You can catch me here every weekday, 1 to 2 p.m. on WDAY or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.